Hi guys, my name is Brendan Patrick, and welcome to Superlit. Superlit is going to be a bi-weekly conversation about books that pertain to the LGBT community. I've had a lot of um, traveling back and forth between work lately, and instead of playing on my phone, because uh, I admittedly have used all of my data this month, I started picking up books to read in the car and like outside of work while I'm waiting, if I'm early. And a lot of them have been LGBT books. So I wanted to start off my first one with a book by Adam Silvera. And... Uh, it's a book that definitely caught me by surprise because this book is about, it's like one part eternal sunshine of a spotless mind, another part, I don't want to say like, I don't know, it's just, it's hard to describe it. And that's what fascinated me so much. And I have all three of Adam Silvera's books published so far. And this one definitely caught me off guard. I have read another one, but this one was so different. I thought it was going to be a very gay, happy ending, but uh, it <laughs> Adam Silvera for you. He uh, really knows how to mess you up. So I wanted to warn you guys now. I decided to cut up the podcast into non-spoilers and then spoilers because I admittedly did a pre-recording for this, and I found it very hard to talk about the book and the way that I wanted to without divulging a little bit. I won't give it all up, if you will. Um, I won't give you guys the ending because I think that's not fair to people who still want to read the book. And I've always been that person that's like, just tell me what's going on. Like, I'm st- if I want to like read or like watch this thing, I'm still going to do it. But that's obviously just me. So um, I will warn you when the spoilers are coming. But I wanted to kind of. I wanted to kind of get my thoughts together and tell you guys about Adam Silvera's first book, More Happy Than Not. So the premise of this book, I will read you the back of it as you hear me flipping it over. 16-year-old Aaron Soto is struggling to find happiness after a family tragedy leaves him reeling. He's slowly remembering what happiness might feel like this summer with the support of his girlfriend Genevieve. But it's his new best friend, Thomas, who really gets Aaron to open up about his past and confront his future. As Thomas and Aaron get closer, Aaron discovers things about himself that threaten to shatter his newfound contentment. A revolutionary mind alteration procedure, courtesy of the Lateo Institute, might be the way to straighten himself out. What if it means forgetting who he truly is? So that's where the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind comes in, basically, in that aspect. So basically, the main story is about Aaron Soto's summer break. And let me tell you, this summer break is wild. It is crazy. But it revolves around his relationship with his girlfriend Genevieve, as I mentioned before. And right as she signs up for an artist retreat, or her dad kind of does. It's It sounds like he signed her up, but she's like, she's into going. She wants to go. And let me just let you guys know, they're about 16, 17, like that range of area. It takes place in the Bronx. But right before she leaves for the artist retreat, Aaron meets a new friend who catches interest, Tommy. I keep calling him Tommy. Wow, I have Thomas written down in front of me, and I called him Tommy. Thomas, sorry, everyone. Their friendship grows and starts to make Aaron question the validity of his relationship with Genevieve. So, this is the thing about this book. You don't, like, there's a lot of backstory. So, the family tragedy, and it's it's mentioned, like, in the first couple pages, so we're not in spoilerville yet, everyone. Uh, Aaron's dad 
kills himself in the family like bathroom. So they live in a very small apartment, and the father kills himself. And it's not really just like said why. And uh, a lot of the book is Aaron feeling like they should have tried to make him happier, that uh, they should have tried to make him stay. And everyone kind of is just like, the mother doesn't really talk about it, but she does say like a few times in the book that she wishes that like we could have made him happier. She wishes that there was something they could have done. And Aaron's brother, Eric, kind of brushes it off. He doesn't really talk about it that much. And I'll get more on that later. But also, right at the beginning of the book, you find out that Aaron had tried to commit suicide and failed. And it left him with a scar that looks like um, a smiley face. It just doesn't have the eyes, if you will. So it has that like curved smile. And that's a big thing in the book. Whenever he's nervous, he'll trace it right to left and left to right. And it's kind of like something that, I don't want to say calms him, but it makes him aware of his life, if you will. So one of the things I really enjoyed was that uh, the family seemed realistic. Like it's a a fantasy type book, if you will, but the family seem like they're like actual people. Like, you could meet these people on the street someday. Like, you could meet them in, like at work, whatever. And that's something that I very much appreciated, that it was, you know, it's a it's a fantasy book, and but they definitely seem like they're real people, which I really thought was cool. And then the Lateo Institute, which I thought was uh, really interesting. I believe Lateo translates, it's the Spanish translation of happiness. I'm having a really derpy time um, remembering what the Lateo word means, but I believe it translates to happiness. That's definitely wrong. Do not quote me on that, everyone. I know it's wrong, and I definitely tried highlighting it, but I forgot to. But uh, another thing, the book has like realistic properties in it, um, and while you're reading the book, you realize that uh, the boys that Aaron is friends with. They range from a kid who has dubbed himself Me Crazy because he has the same actual name as two other characters, Skinny Dave, Fat Dave, Baby Freddy, Brendan, and a friend named Colin, but we'll get back to him later. So the, those friends, those are his friends. Um, Brendan is his like sort of best friend, and he actually calls Brendan that, but his like sort of best friend. But they're starting to get into the point where they're like closer to being uh, young adults than kids. Like they're, you know, 16 going on 17, and that's getting near the point of being closer to their 20s. So, with that being said, a lot of the kids are starting to grow up kind of quickly, if you will. And Brendan sells drugs. Uh, I believe the Daves all smoke pot with him. Um, Me Crazy is insane. Like, he literally is insane. More on that later. And the the kids, um, this is just how, like, teenagers are. And I remember my time in high school, it not being super accepting of gay people. And the kids are definitely not accepting of gay people. There's a point in the book, and it's very close to the beginning of the book, so I I believe this is non-spoilers, but there's a point in the book where, and it's right towards the beginning, Aaron plans on having sex with Genevieve before like she leaves, like trying to convince her to stay because Genevieve's dad is out of town and Aaron doesn't like having people over because his family's apartment is very small. They do the do and everything's fine. And that's when um, Aaron meets Thomas, like the next day or so while they're playing Manhunt. But back to the kids. With the kids, they are trying to tell an 
layman's terms, the, I believe uh, what Brendan says is don't fag out, like go through with it, hook up with Genevieve, like get the deed done. And and Aaron at first doesn't think anything of it. He's like, yeah, I got to do this thing. I got to prove me and Genevieve are a thing. I'm not really sure why Aaron feels like such a strong need to want to hook up with Genevieve, but obviously it's like, this kid is in a relationship. He wants to do this thing. He wants to like, I don't say, say like prove that he loves her, but, uh, he, he wants to do the do. He wants to be one of the cool kids, if you will. The book is also split up into parts. So there's sections, if you will. Um, the first part, where is it? The first part is called happiness. Then part two is called a different happiness. Part three is less happy than before. And then the final part is more happy than not, which ding, ding, ding (laughs) is the title of the book. Um, I like when books do that. It's like when you're watching a TV show and someone says like the name of the show and you're like, ah, you become Trixie Mattel in other words. But it's really interesting with uh, Adam Silvera's style of work. He presents what you feel are facts and then something big happens and it's like a switch and then you're presented with (laughs) different facts that make the facts that you learned like it fulfills uh the questions about them very very well and um they don't seem like forced which i really appreciate it's kind of like whoa that's crazy i didn't even think like that was why that was happening haha i knew there was one more thing genevieve go like she goes out on her um artist retreat and then thomas and aaron start hanging out because he doesn't really have many other friends that he actually wants to like go out and do things with um so to kind of get out of the neighborhood he gets thomas to go hang out at the local um comic book shop which uh Aaron really loves this place. It's his, like, happy place. It's his place of zen, if you will. And there's more on that later. But while they're there, Colin, who I mentioned before, come, he's in there reading um, one of the more popular... I believe it's, like, a made-up uh, Avengers title. But he's reading that, and Aaron recognizes him. And he's like, oh, this is this is my friend. Like, I, someone I know. Um, so he goes to talk to him, and Colin completely snubs him. And... Aaron's not sure why. And that's uh, one of the things that, with Adam Silvera, there's always some, there's always a reason for something. With that being said, Colin snubs him at the comic book shop. And from there on, I will have to say it's spoiler time. At this point, we're getting into spoiler land. And if you're not into that, I would fast forward a little bit. <laughs> but... Like I said, really hard to talk about this book without kind of divulging a bit of its secrets. With But like I said earlier in the podcast, I won't divulge the complete ending because I don't think that's fair. <laughs> Get into it. We're here. It's finally happening. Throughout the book, Aaron kind of questions, at the beginning at least, Aaron questions his uh, relationship with Genevieve, and he's not sure why. And it's not like the whole book, he's thinking like the whole beginning chunk of the book before he meets Thomas, he thinks that he has feelings for men. But he meets Thomas, and not soon thereafter, a few chapters later, it's not like a quick thing, it's a slow burn, which I appreciated. Aaron realizes that he might have feelings for Thomas. So he, and I believe Genevieve is back at this point. He, yes, she is back. She's come back from our artist retreat. They hook up, and it's he's not able to really get it up until he's thinking of Thomas and then it happens. So there's that. And he realizes this 
and a few chapters later comes out to Thomas and is like, he refers to it as side A because he's not sure what side B is. So side A, he comes out to Thomas and is like, hey, think I might like men. I hope this isn't a bad thing. Like, can you like support me in this? And Thomas is like, yeah, dude, like it's cool. Aaron is slightly wishing that Thomas would come out with him because it would validate him coming out as well. So not soon thereafter, a few chapters later again, Thomas, he confesses his feelings for Thomas and then kisses Thomas. And it's it was painful to read because you kind of knew what the reaction was that was coming. It wasn't a pleasant one. The one that comes from Thomas is that Thomas is that he's straight. He's just very fond of Aaron and he he's just very fond of Aaron and he wishes that uh, they could just be friends without it being weird. So Aaron blames it on him drinking and he's like, no, I'm just confused. Like, I don't have feelings for you. It's just the alcohol. Sorry about this. I'm going to go home. So he goes home. A little bit later, he starts thinking about wanting to get the um, mind-altering procedure from Lateo done. So this is the first instance that you see in the book that Aaron wants to get this procedure done. He wants to, he wants to forget that he has feelings for Thomas. And uh, more on that in a little bit. But he, he goes to tell his mom that he has feelings for Thomas. And his mom is like perfectly chill with it. Really awesome. Very great. Um, love that there's always a guardian somewhere. Doesn't have to be related to you. But I like that it's his mom. Especially since his dad's not around. It's, it's great that his mom is like, okay, you're fine. Don't worry. It's not a problem. It, it's cool. You're still my son. After that, he gets into a, the verbal argument with uh, Thomas, where he just doesn't understand that Thomas is straight. And he knows Thomas, and he thinks that he is gay, and he just doesn't want to come out. And soon thereafter, uh, the boys, his friends earlier, Me Crazy, Brendan, Fat Dave, Skinny Dave, all jump Aaron. And it's led mostly, in fact, by uh, Me Crazy. And Me Crazy beats the shit out of him. Like, really, within an inch of his life, I feel like. Then he picks him up and throws him through the family's apartment building's front door. So, he's laying in the lobby of his building. And then he gets punched with all these memories he didn't remember he had. I had to reread this page, like, maybe six times because I was so confused. I was like, what's going on here? I don't get it. And what is revealed after he gets his, basically his skull punched in and just like flattened, he remembers things that he thought never happened. As he's waking up, there's a portion of the book where it's it's him remembering things as a kid. Kind of his, so it's memories about his father and memories about him himself. The memories about his father are his dad kind of saying that he's a man and he shouldn't like feminine things. Uh, some memories include his brother Eric, the same thing where he they would play um, video games and the brother would pick uh, Wolverine and he would pick Dark Fina. He would pick Jean Grey, which I would do because she's powerful as hell. He picks Jean Grey. And he gets made fun of because he's a dude and he's picking girl things. I'm girl things, quote unquote, if you will. Um, because, A, if the character's more powerful, like, come on, of course I'm going to do it. Another memory is him realizing that he thinks Brendan is attractive. And then more memories revolve around Colin. So Colin was the friend that 
I said earlier in the podcast, had kind of snubbed him at the comic book shop, and this is why. Colin and Aaron had been seeing each other, uh, kind of mostly just sexually, but also hanging out and kind of being very close, doing like boyfriend like things. And Colin and Aaron used to go on double dates with their girlfriends. So Aaron has been dating Genevieve for a little bit over a year. She was, um, she was always, I don't want to say always there, but she, they started dating, um, around the time that he realized that he had feeling for Colin, I believe. Uh, and Colin was, I believe already dating a girl named Nicole. Um, they decide to break up with their girlfriends and then Colin kind of backs out. The reasoning there is because Colin gets his girlfriend pregnant and it really, really destroys Aaron. He had already, and at this point, backtracking a little bit, Aaron had already come out to his mother and in turn, um, they, his Aaron and his mother went to go tell his father. Aaron's father um, is revealed to be a horrible piece of shit, <laughs> really horrible person. Um, and uh, if I'm missing something, if uh, I I really only read him as horrible man who literally uh, beats his wife. When Aaron is trying to come out to his dad, he's not paying attention. He's watching football, um, and. When they finally tell him, Aaron's mom is there, like, holding his hand, making sure that he can, you know, get through this hard time. Uh, Aaron's dad um, basically smacks Aaron away and is like, if you, if you're gay, like, there's no, there's going to be no gays in my house. And then uh, his mother tries to defend him. His father chokes his mom out. Um, It's this whole thing, and it's horrible. And the father throws Aaron into the hallway and locks the door, and the neighbors call the cops, and the father is arrested. So this happens, and after that, he goes and tells Colin, I really feel like I have (laughs) the timeline down, right? (laughs) If I don't, I'm sorry, but I believe it's all in one area. I believe I'm following the timeline correctly. But with... This happening, he's still dating Genevieve this whole time, just letting y'all know. Um, he's dating Genevieve at this point, and this is happening earlier in the year. So before his, um, before the school year is over, it's before the school year is over that this all happens. And so father beats him up. He He's already out to his mom. Um, father is put in jail. He comes out to Colin. Colin doesn't kind of doesn't want anything to do with him. He gets home. His dad's out of jail at this point. The light is on in the bathroom and he's like, no one's home. I don't understand why the light's on. And he goes into the bathroom and his father has committed suicide in the tub. And it's, I can't imagine how scarring that is to find your father in the tub, you know, having committed suicide and you feel like it's your fault because the father said, I would rather die than raise a gay son. So father gets out of jail and he kills himself. And it's very, very uh, sad. They don't go to the funeral afterwards. Uh, They throw away a lot of his things. And Aaron takes, he really feels at fault for this. So Colin doesn't want anything to do with him. His dad has killed himself. Aaron feels like the only exit would be suicide himself. 
He attempts, he fails, he has the the smiley face looking scar on his wrist. And uh, they don't delve into like a huge amount of detail about the suicide attempt, which I thought was a good thing because sometimes I feel like books are a little bit too descriptive in areas that don't need a huge description. There's the description, but it's not like, and here's the whole to do. Uh, so I definitely appreciated um, while I was already reeling, not reeling so much that I had to put the book down. So, uh, and this brings up the Lateo Institute. Ha ha, here we are, full circle with that. As I mentioned before, he wanted, when he spoke to his mom, uh, when he came out to her, he said that he wanted to get uh, the mind wipe done because he just wanted to forget his feelings. He wanted to forget that he was gay. Now, circle back, time, time jump backwards. Uh, after the suicide attempt, after Colin denying him, uh, and after his father committing suicide, he convinces his mom to get this uh, procedure done so he can f- he can forget that he's gay. Genevieve is there with him. His mom has to work because obviously she took too much. She had taken off too much time uh, for all the things that had happened, and so after she agrees, she sets him up with an appointment. He's there with Genevieve. He's telling Genevieve that, like, once this is done, it won't happen again. Like, he's going to be straight. They're going to be together. It's going to be fine. So, and this is wild. Like, I, Genevieve's character, if you read this book, she never lets on that this happened. And all of the characters are so good at this, at not letting on that. And not all of them know that it happened, but, like, his brother Eric never lets on that it happened. His mom never let on that it happened. Um, Genevieve never let it on that happened, and you don't get any hints that like he forgot a huge period of time that he just like forgot Colin completely. He forgot the relationship he had with Colin. He forgot why his dad committed suicide, and he doesn't necessarily remember why he tried to kill himself. So very interesting. There weren't any hints for me. There weren't any hints, and I I really did try to skim the book like for more hints after I read it, but I didn't pick up on anything. Um, the only thing that you pick up on, and if you're smart, it's like a hint. There's a point in time during family day where uh, Aaron's um, babysitter for when he was a kid is there, and everyone's like, wow, she's so hot. Why didn't you tell me about her? And he's like, I don't know. I, I don't remember having this babysitter, but my mom said I have this babysitter. The babysitter is the doctor who performed the surgery, checking in to see if he's okay. Something that the Lateo Institute does. They set up, they they kind of lie to you, and they're like, oh, I'm your this from this time. You just don't remember me because you were so young. And she's there at very specific points in the book, and I'll leave those points out. She's there for a reason, and it pertains to the end but she's there for a reason it's very interesting it was it really came out of like left field that she was the doctor i was like holy shit hello so yes but he uses all of that as the basis to get this thing done it works out and they explain in the book that it's not a perfect science that you know extreme traumas can reveal uh things that happened in the past and Ding, ding, ding. The massive beatdown uh, by Me Crazy really shakes loose all of the memories, and they call it unwinding. 
because they fold the memories on top of each other, which is a really interesting way of describing what they do in this procedure. And it's not graphic. It's the procedure. They don't like rip you open and do brain surgery like I thought they did. They just give you two pills and you swallow them and it kind of gets rid of what you need it to get rid of. So it's very, very science fiction-y. He's honestly not all there after he's jumped. So after the surgery, meaning like after he's like fixed up after he's jumped by his friends, he's not, he's honestly not all there. And uh, all of the memories start flooding back after he gets out of, because he's brought to the Lateo Institute after he's jumped, after he gets out of the hospital um, so they can check on his memories because they're unwinding. And the the procedure has undone itself. His relationship with Genevieve is uh, very, uh, I don't say tumultuous, it's like not the right word, but it's uh, unhinged, if you will, because he doesn't understand why Genevieve stuck with him through this whole thing. And I don't know if Genevieve really understands why she stuck with him too, but I think they both just wanted to keep each other company at the end of the day. They just needed each other. And uh, that's very, very close to the ending of the book. So I'll... I'll let you guys decide if you want to read the end of the book. So the the book that I got is covered in spray paint, and they explain that too, which really uh, caught me off guard. The cover of the book is about his relationship with Colin, and I didn't get it until I was reading it. And I was like, holy shit, the book is covered in spray paint from Aaron. But the ending of the book is very interesting. It's very sad. The thing about Adam Savera books is that they're sad. But for me, they're not so sad that I have to put the book down and I can't like handle reading more. It's sad to the point where I'm like, I'm upset, but I can't put the book down. Like I have to keep reading. And that's what I really appreciate about his work is that he really makes you think. Like for me, if you had told me at the age of 16 when I was like, I believe it, two years out of the closet at that point, if you had told me at the age of 16 that I could have made my life easier and forgotten my homosexual feelings, 16 year old Brennan might have been like, yeah, do it. This sucks. Like, Everyone's making fun of me. Everyone knows it, and I haven't even told them. But obviously, like, 27-year-old Brandon would be like, get that shit out of my face. No, this is not it. (sighs) Yeah, I can't talk about the ending. I just can't do it. (laughs) Can't do it, guys. I want to talk to you about it, but I feel like it would be too much to spoil the ending completely. So, uh, for me, more happy than not, I felt more sad than not. (laughs) The writing style of Adam Silvera, the writing style of Adam Silvera is probably one of my favorites and it really did spur me to buy his two other books which I would love to talk about as well but this book is it's interesting because I thought it was going to be like gay romance lit everything's fine and then it isn't and uh it was very upsetting to say the least which I actually really appreciated because I just finished a very happy I just finished reading a very happy-go-lucky gay book where the ending was like sunshines and rainbows. And I will talk about that one next. But I definitely suggest anyone going out to get this book because, in essence, More Happy Than Not um, was really a joy to read. As much as I've given you guys a lot of the details of the book, I think the ending, which I can't, I really can't give it to you in all <laughs> But I think uh, this is something I would suggest to anyone. It really is a great book. It's very layered. 
and I think that's the thing that Adam Silvera does. He really does layer in the emotion into the book. If you're looking for a a teen lit book that really does um, make you think, more happy than not would be a fantastic thing to pick up. It's like I said, it's sad, but it doesn't make you want to put the book down. Like it's not unbearably sad. You want to find out what happens to the characters. You want to see what goes on. You want to see, you know, does Thomas eventually like reciprocate feelings? Does Aaron, you know, go through and get the procedure done a second time? Does he, you know, decide, does he forget that he's gay and go back to Genevieve? Like what happens? And like, I think that for me, that was such an interesting thing to read and I can't, I can't say enough good things about it. Um, so, uh, I guess this is where I say goodbye. Um, thank you guys so much for listening um, to my jumbled thoughts. This is Brendan Patrick, and thank you for listening to Super Lit. <laughs>